Welcome to the Lakeland Sports Guys podcast. I'm Tom Carroll along with Chris Cox. We've got the coach, Dan Spivey. It's Thanksgiving week, as they like to say. Got a lot of folks that are out uh, on vacation as of right now. So thank you tuning in to the Lakeland Sports Guys. We're at Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. As Barry is one of the best cooks there is, uh, you can come by and enjoy some of the great food that is here at Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. they got daily specials to go along uh, with every single day of the week, not to mention a great breakfast and uh, the catering to get started this week. A lot of events that are happening uh, throughout the uh, Greenwood and the Lakelands areas that are going to end up in that room upstairs here. So and that's every year. They said, "Don't come in and order hot dog on Monday. Wait till Tuesday when it's the special." <laughs> they have chili, yeah. <laughs> and you know what Clyde wants me to say? That I figured it's Lamar, right? It's not Lamar. There's a game tonight on Monday Night Football. Get a chance, to turn on. It could be a Super Bowl rematch. Chiefs at Philadelphia. Yes, yeah, and by the way, he says, uh, "Take it easy on Lamar." He's he's, <laughs> he's having a hard go right now. Well, see, that wasn't what he told me last week. He was done with Lamar. So, Clyde, you hear me? You are done with Lamar. <laughs> All right, you got a lot to talk about. We got the uh, Clemson and the Carolina games. Not to mention, PC pulls out a big one over Moorhead State. We'll talk about that game to go along with it. Um, a couple of games uh, in high school action in and around our area. Abbeville ends up with a big win. We'll dive into that a little bit, and we'll get into basketball. Uh, somewhat for Greenwood and Emerald. Um, our guest today ended up having to go to a tournament and, and taking team pictures as well, so he kind of uh, postponed on us, but we hope to have him on on Wednesday, and that'll be the uh, Emerald basketball coach, Coach John Scruggs. Hopefully but he'll be joining us. He, like I said, he said, well, you, you have your CDL. You're welcome to take my place. I'll do that. You take the kids over there. I'll be there to coach them up. I said, no, I'll do it both. No. I'll coach it if I need to. But, no, nah, like I said, we'll get back with John Mark maybe even after Thanksgiving. I don't know. But uh, he, he's always ready to go. And like I said, he's, he's overcome a lot in the last couple of years. And he just so had to be coaching basketball and not worrying about nothing else. So that'll be a fun interview when we get him. It'll be fun. Well, let's go ahead and we'll start with uh, the basketball aspect of it um, and what's going on in, in and around the uh, Greenwood and the uh, Emerald basketball era, as you like to say, because we already heard from uh, Coach Craig uh, what, last week, um, talked a little bit about him, and he was excited to get his players back last week that were playing football. <laughs> now it's, uh, you know, in that conditioning thing. Um, they've got a couple of games that are coming up here in December, but it's ones in January and going into February that he's really concerned about because those are region games. So he's hoping to have everybody in basketball shape for those. And we've got some guys that, you know, we're on the football team that not only play football, they do basketball, and then they do baseball as well. So we've got three sport athletes um, that cover the entire year, and they're young. We've got a lot of juniors and sophomores on this varsity team for, for Greenwood. We now know why the coaches sit together in the clan that they do. Coach Baker always wants to know what Coach Liner is doing. <laughs> And Coach Greg wants to know what Coach Liner's doing. I'm going to get my player. I, I will give you a little hint about something. Had a chance to talk to JB Coach uh, Coach Carter, and he says, you know what, this is going to be a pretty good basketball team. He said, I don't want to get anybody going, but this is going to be a pretty good game. I said, appreciate it, Coach. So, <laughs> if it doesn't happen, it's up to them. So, yeah, it's going to be, should be a good year. I'm excited to see kids like Tristan Lewis on that basketball court, you know, and some of the other ones, Jay Duncan. I don't remember some of the other ones they talked about. Kamari, I think. And the Wades, the Wade brothers may play. I'm not yeah, sure. Well, you know Alon's going to end up playing. So, um, I think so it can be really sure exciting. And I'd like to see more from the defensive side of it because, you know, Coach Greg loves the defense anyway. So, this could be a fun year, Tom Carroll. It could really be a fun year. 
I'm, I'm, you know, and Coach Scruggs is not Coach Scruggs, but Coach Greg. When you when you look at his team last year and what they did at the end of the season, mm-hmm. I mean, they had to work to get that fourth playoff spot, and they did it against a Greenville team that was number one in our region uh, overall. Um, had to come up with a big win and, and and came up just a little bit shy of all of that, but it's still the game after that. Ended up being a win for him, got him into the uh, first round of the playoffs to go along with it. So I'm, I'm anxious uh, somewhat to see how this team comes out. Do they match up? Have they gotten a little bit bigger? Um, and, you know, that was the first year of his offense. It's going to be the second year of his offense. It's got to get better. And, well, you know, coaches tweak things also. Sorry, Stan. They tweak also. And so I, that's what I'm excited to see what kind of new uh, – what kind of new schemes we see from him too but the thing about that I was so impressed about the Greenville game was that that was a road game remember that was up there and to go up there and lose that one then to come home and get the next one was even key but uh, what you got for me Sam you had something well I I think this is this basketball team is going to be a lot like the football team they're going to be young this year but you see what they did last year come back into this year okay this year we we won't yeah you always want to win the region but we're going to be better than fourth place in our region. We're going to be one, two. We're not, we're not going to settle for anything less. And these other coaches that are out there, you might ought to be paying attention because these boys' sports at Greenwood over the next couple of years are going to be really, really good. The coaching staffs are in place. They're, they're great coaches to begin with. And they're coaching these kids the right way. These kids now, they're in their second, third year with these coaches. They know what to expect from them. And the coaches are expecting more from the players. So it, it it's not going to surprise me what this basketball team does this year. They're, they're, they got a lot of lofty aspirations. And I think they're going to reach a lot of those. It's, yeah, I think you're going to see two different teams, though. I think yeah. you're going to see more of a, a man kind of – a man, team at the beginning, defense, yeah, but then I think you're going to see uh, more uh, kind of where it branches out into that zone and and playing off of the fast breaks. I think yeah. this is a team that can run. Oh yeah, and we know that that Carter's team see, they like to dance and run. So you might <laughs> see. I told him I said whenever Greg starts to run the ball, I got to come to the game and see Coach Greg dancing with you. But like I said, this is going to be exciting because last year was first year, and we found out we found out a little bit what he likes to do. And the players have another year in their belt. Uh, I think shots back. Mm-hmm. That doesn't play football. The, the Brian Schatz kid from State mm-hmm. Farms back. That's key because, like I said, I think he was one of your leading scorers last year. And so just to get the players that you got, you know how athletic they are because they, they're coming off the football team. And we talk about it every time. You talked about the coaches. You hit something there. And I should be Sparky Hudson's agent because I'm going to tell you, every time we say it, I say the culture is led by the athletic director at that school. Mm-hmm. He's the one that's putting these guys in these jobs. And they're all excelling in what they do. So it goes back to the AD. A lot of times I'm down on ADs, especially in Columbia. But um, you got to give them credit for where credit's due. And I, it's going to be a fun year in basketball. Not only just Greenwood, but the Lakelands in general. Yeah, it is. As far as the Greenwood girls, Coach Childs uh, has had a couple of down years here. She had a very young team last year. Um, only had, what, I think two seniors on the team. So she's got a, more of a senior-laden team this time around, or I should say an older team this time around. Um, I, you know, it, it's one where I think she's got to end up making somewhat of a statement or at least make the playoffs in this round. She still will be free throw challenge. Uh, I told her I'd come to a free throw challenge. So <laughs> we're going to do that. By, um, the, by the way, the girls uh, are 
going to be at a preseason tournament down at airport, the Armed Forces preseason tournament they're taking part in um, down there uh, today and Wednesday. Today, tomorrow, Wednesday. So The tournaments are starting to kick it, pick up, yeah. and you'll have after things. you have the, the big Christmas tournament that will be here, um, probably at Pine Horn maybe. Uh, so you're going to – now's the time you're going to start seeing your teams play. So get out and support it just like you did football. Support the round ball just as well. Let's see what we can get done in the, in the Lakelands and see if we can't pull a team out of that one. Well, if football season is any indication, and we were there, we were in every away game stadium, and we got out of the box, we walked down to the field, we walked into the stands. If we wasn't set, set up in the stands, and we saw this Greenwood crowd will support you and there were a number of games that uh, if it hadn't have been for the Greenwood ticket sales, the home team might have been winning in the hole because we put as many people in the stands as they did. And we look for the same thing to happen, or even more with basketball. Yeah. I agree with you, Dad. I mean, Greenwood travel this year, so I expect support definitely follow Greenwood basketball with Coach Greg, no doubt. Well, let's talk about Emerald and the Vikings. Uh, they're getting ready for a tournament over at Erskine today uh, and Wednesday as well. They're going to be taking on Brasher Middle College at 6 o'clock tonight. Um, Mission $6 if you're going over there. Under 4 is absolutely free. Your high school passes will be accepted. Maybe that's how I get in with the interview. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I want to say, hey, congratulations, too. They got uh, Coach Dexter uh, Baylor to uh, end up coming over and being an assistant coach over there. And this is a guy that's got, what, 10 or more years of experience in coaching. I mean, he coached at Greenwood, Abbeville, um, started at Calhoun Falls, I do believe, was at Wright Middle School uh, last year coaching the boys' basketball there. So he's done a lot for the Abbeville area here as of late, but now he's over at Emerald. Caroline, you know why he sits there and I sit here? Because I was working on that with Coach Scruggs, and he's installed my thunder. So <laughs> if, if, Coach Baylor, if I can't get him here on Wednesday or whatever we try to do this thing, hey, I'm out. You might as well go and get the seat ready. So. <laughs> yeah, that was my surprise for y'all. But yeah, I'd ask Coach Scruggs if maybe Coach Baylor. Because he, he put on his post on, on the Emerald site that he's excited to get a good friend back to help him coach basketball this year. And that's, just a, that's not just a hiring a coach. That's a big get there. Yeah. So. Yeah, looking forward to it. But I hope they do well in this tournament. I mean, Brasher Middle College is another one of those charter schools that started up there in the, the Spartanburg area to go along with it. So, um, you know, hopefully things uh, go well for them in that regard, at least I hope. So we'll follow along and see. Um, Look at the, at the girls' basketball team for Emerald High School um, and what they've got there. This is another one of those teams that uh, everybody follows along every single year. They've, they've what, last 10 years they've put up some really good numbers, um, made some deep runs as well. And, yeah, you just start, like I said, you go to that lineup, you got it right there, and, I mean, you're going to you gonna remember players from last year's team that are on this team. And that's why you just got to smile when you see who's on this team because they played really well last year, and I, I expect them to play really well this year. Well, you got uh, Tayanya Tennant, yep. Leisha Morgan, uh, Adriana Smith is on this team, uh, Janelle Williams, um, Katori Brown, uh, Arion Parks is probably the big That's name good. that you remember, uh, Valishaw Bird, you got uh, Rianda Talbert, and Alicia Smith, another one of the names. And then you can't forget about Kristen Gilchrist, who's been a big factor. Yeah, as Gilchrist well. is one of the bigger names. Part, those are the two that they're going to be like kind of like centered around, but. Another thing that the coach over there likes to do is it's all about team effort. We don't need a girl scoring 25 a game. We want to be team effort, and that's one thing that she does put forth first. And uh, 
I think that's big when you when you do that instead of putting it all on one one shoulder or one back, so to speak. So it's about the team aspect over there. So you know, and I know it's a little early to look at these guys and see where they're going to end up, but. Uh, with these two, with the you know, boys and girls squads at Greenwood and Emeralds, um, everybody's looking for the improvement aspect of it. And you've got new programs that are starting up with new coaches uh, in the process of this um, that are coming into their second and third year as well. And what do you, what are the fans actually looking for? Do you think the fans are looking for as far as the improvement goes? Well, I think as far as the Emerald girls go, they they've been in the playoffs before. I think it's time that the Emerald faithful are expecting these girls to get deeper into the playoffs. Uh, very capable, well coached. Uh, the boys team, tough region to be playing in. But, here again, they get their football guys back too. And they get in game shape by time region starts. I think the Emerald boys are going to surprise some people. And I look for them to make a run into the playoffs. The Greenwood guys, we've already talked about them. We we fully expect them to be one, two in the region. Uh, the Greenwood girls, you know, go out and play and play the way you're capable of playing. Listen to your coaches. And there's a good possibility that Greenwood girls team can make a run into the playoffs. They hadn't lost everything. They may be young, but they're, 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 both schools have talent. And that's it's just if they can get everybody jailed up at the same time. So, I mean, you think it might have been like the last couple of years that it was a lot of just expectation from, from Coach Childs just starting out or her career. As She's in coach. her seventh Seven, season. Yeah, yeah, well, but she came in after Rhodes, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, that's a tough – Egg to swallow, so to speak, but that's a tough position to be in because, like I said, she's got she played for one right across the town too. Didn't, didn't she play she for, played for Landry, Coach yeah. Peterson? Mm-hmm. Coach with Coach Peterson, so maybe expectations are a little too high because of that. You know that aspect instead of and remember there were a couple of players that she had that flip flopped and went to Emerald last year, and she lost what I would consider major players. That, that nothing was ever really said about. But, like I said, she's fine as a coach. I mean, like I said, her starts for defense, just like Patterson did at Lander and, and the rest of the crowd. So that's where I look to see what offensively she can put into play this year with a couple of players that changes last year. Because they played a lot of tough defensive games and lost by a couple of points. Kind of like the football team in the this past year. Um, so I look to see put more points on the board and find the playmaker. That's the one thing she's really got to do this year, to find the playmaker. We'll see where it ends up. Um, uh, I didn't mention where the boys are playing. They don't play until, I think, December 4th. But their they're, <laughs> they're first four games, uh, you got McCormick on the 4th. The 6th, you got Strom Thurmond. The 8th, you got 96. Uh, you got Saluda on the 12th. McCormick again on the 13th. Uh, 96 on the 15th. Strom Thurmond again on the 18th. Um, and uh, then you got Mid-Carolina and Saluda before you even start region play. And, so. that, and, that, and that's starting out a tough schedule. That, that's what you want. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, of those games, probably the toughest is going to be, I would say, McCormick. Well, twice. It, <laughs> yeah. It could be McCormick, but then again, don't forget about Strom Thurmond. Well, I'm thinking Strom, Strom Thurmond's, Thurmond. you know, they're deep in the playoffs. It's going to take yeah. them a little longer to get. 
Well, that's, that's get possibility. They get to yeah. play his back today, by the way. So. Yeah. Um, and you think about McCormick because last year, like, that's what football started with him last year. And then now the, we got another 4A team and 2As. We're jumping on them like the other teams did last year against them, Abbeville and Lincoln County. But, yeah, McCormick's going to be pretty good this year. I've already reached out to Coach Pratt. I tell you, I, he was online with me the other morning about 2 or 3 in the morning. So I hit him up and said, Coach, he's like, he did send me a text back. He said, go to bed. <laughs> so, Coach, I did. And uh, so hopefully get an interview with the, with the head basketball coach down there too. We may run down and do that one. Um, and I'm still waiting to hear word if they're going to even build a baseball team. So I'm hearing not. So that would be a shame if they can't build wow. a team. Yeah. So. Not good. It's kind of like swimming. All of a sudden, you see these colleges uh, pulling up swimming pools for weight rooms and things of that nature. I guess baseball's kind of going the same way. Just not enough players, I guess. I mean, you know, you got some baseball players that want to play soccer. You got some that just want to just play. Yeah, track. I mean, I guess they're looking at where they can go further in, in, in life, be college or whatever, with scholarships maybe. So, uh, I just hate to see teams, like I said, whenever you, you've had pretty good teams in the past, and then uh, that's how you lose your coaches, by the way. That's <laughs> like Furman lost a really good baseball coach, yeah. and now they're thinking about bringing the team back. Now they got a little money back up there. But, uh, yeah, we'll figure all that out, but it's basketball season. But, yeah, I, I think just having Greenwood on that McCormick schedule is going to be tough. But, it, but they're against him. It's going to make them better. Yep. McCormick's going to be a better basketball team because of who they play. So, Thurman's going to be a better team because of who they play, who's willing to come down there. Because um, you don't really, as, as Greenwood, Coach Greg's really probably not going to gain a whole lot of playing McCormick twice, other than the defensive factor that McCormick's going to put the pressure on you. Um, but you got a four and a one A that you lose a you lose one or two of those games and that's going to be kind of a smack in the face to start the season. So those are games you kind of don't want to play. But Coach Greg says, "I oh, will play y'all." Hey, but he also looks at one and two and three A <laughs> schools that have good years and goes from there. So, well, Lakeland should be fun. Abbeville, we didn't even we'll get into them as well. Oh, Where Shoals uh, in ninety six coming up uh, in the next week or so. Um, as we've got a couple of weeks to kind of build up these guys and, and get everybody in and make that transition to the round ball. But a lot of football still being played as of right now. Matter of fact, the um, Skeezer League had their state championships this past Friday and Saturday. In uh, Class 4A, the Hammond ends up with what their bazillionth championship, 28-21 this time over Lawrence Manning to go along with that. Um, also Friday uh, in eight-man football, Jefferson Davis ends up with a 2014 winner over Holly Hill. Um, I don't know if that surprised anybody there. Saturday, 2A championship, Bethesda Academy, who is in Greenwood Christians region. Uh, they end up winning by one point over Williamsburg Academy, 18-17 the final on that one. Miss Philcoe. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Class 3A championship, Hilton Hill Christian. They beat Wilson Hall, of all people, 28-6. to And Wilson Hall has been uh, improving. I was surprised they got to the championship game. Everybody thought they were going to lose last week in the semifinals, but they end up uh, falling here to uh, Hilton Head Christian in this one, 28-6. And then Class 1A, Patrick Henry, 35, Lee Academy, 28. Wasn't surprised. Hilton Head was down this year in regular football because the Christian school was up. Uh, you know, you win a state, that tells you where the players went for the for this year. And hopefully with another coach going in down there, maybe he can get some of those players back to the regular Hilton head and, and get out of the skis league. But you were talking about Bethesda, and they hadn't been challenged in a couple of years, Tom, and that was a big game, uh, especially down where I was because I was down near Beaufort, Savannah area. And, I mean, that was the first game they popped up. They didn't say anything about Carolina, Kentucky, Clemson, North Carolina, <laughs> Bethesda. And I was like, man, I didn't see that kid miss that field goal. <laughs> I was just like, I was heartbroken because I really wasn't pulling for him because I'm still one of those guys that's like, how's a team in Savannah playing in South Carolina skis league? So... <laughs> But but if you look at that list that you just read off, mm-hmm. and then you might you know is it 
fair to say that a lot of those guys, a lot of those schools are in the greater Columbia metropolitan area. They are. I mean, you can draw a circle. Now, that circle might have to be pretty big. But uh, there's a lot of those schools that are right there on the fringes of being called in Columbia, South mm-hmm. Carolina. Um, Especially then, that Hammond team. Well, I mean, you <laughs> That's know. That's where all the coaches' uh, kids go. And, and, yeah, and much of them has one. The other ones, too. I mean, you know, it's it, it just shows you that these private schools are going to be in the bigger cities, and they're going to go and they're going to get the high school guys from those bigger cities. And next thing you know, that team, you know, maybe an AC floor or an airport or a Richland Northeast lose a player or two, and that's the player or two that they needed to, to be competitive. Thought just occurred to me. Is the reason Gray is in the public school, um, public school league rather than the Skeezer League because they can't compete with that Three and four A in the in the Skeezer League. That was the remember Tom when they, whenever Jerome in high school you started trying to figure all this really stuff out. That was the that was one of the the suggestions to the problem. We've already got the Skeezer join it. Mm-hmm. We don't want to join it. We want our cake and they continue to eat it and everything else. You're going to choke on it sooner or later. But um, I I totally agree with what you're saying there because because those teams do the same thing that Gray says they don't do. So if you join a group, you got to admit it. And I think it's all about the coach or athletic director, whichever one's running the show down there with the, with all the uh, lawyers in his back pocket and everything else. But that's what it comes down to. Um, I would love to see him in it to play I, a Hammond. I think it, yeah, I would too. But that's why they've avoided joining the Skiza League is mm-hmm. for that reason. I mean, I'd love to see Greenwood. And as a matter of fact, when we one thing we, uh, to give Coach at Greenwood Christian a lot of credit Ran into a guy at one of the the uh, restaurants and grills on the on the uh, inlet, intercoastal waterway, and uh, he had a hat on his head, and then it said, um, trying to think which one it was. It's one of the collegiate teams down at the beach, Oceanside, and he says, "Well, you know why Wando's so bad, right?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, to have eight thousand students." He says, "Yeah." He said, "We're a pretty good football team." And everybody talks about we take all of their players. He said, they took about 12 of ours this year. We struggled a little bit ourselves. But he says, how is it that Greenwood Christian has their players? I said, because Greenwood and Emerald don't go take their players like everybody else seems to be wanting to do. That's Greenwood's problem. It's what was told. <laughs> so, I guess if you if you want to get better, you join them. I'm, I, I would just assume be okay like what we're doing, like Coach and Sparky do their job. Play it the right way. We win, we win, we lose it. But for him to just come out, and I had a green one hat, and that's why he spoke. <laughs> um, but that was his question to me. He says, man, y'all got a really good collegiate school in Greenwood that's got some really good players. He said, Owen Whitten knew him by name, of course. He said, he would have made a difference at Greenwood. And I just threw Thomas Chandler and the rest of the guys out here. Then he said something about that Heaton boy's pretty good, Pumpkin Chamber, Tristan Lewis. Maybe that we would have been better time. I don't know. I mean, that's something that you just kind of – it's like a chess match. You're trying to figure on something. Until you have them on that team, it's not even a con. You can play with what you got, and that's what you win with. But, you know, I guess that's his way of telling me that maybe you have to recruit sometime. But he also said that he's happy with what the committee did on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He likes the multiplier. And he said if it kind of hurts us, then that's what it should do. He said because we have had our cake 
and he admitted it. He said, we've even eaten off of that cake. He said, we got to play Abbeville last year. Greg gets to play him this week. <laughs> so he was throwing well, puns at Greg even at, and, that, and at that, that. And that goes back to Chris has said it numerous times, you know. We recruit our halls. That means we're recruiting the kids that are coming in this building. And we're going to win with them or we're going to lose with them. But we're, we don't have to go outside. And for these coaches that keep going outside, you're only kind of watering down everybody else. Let, let everybody, let the kids play with their friends and at their schools. They will get the publicity. I don't care where you are. If you're that good a player, college coaches will find you. There's, there's no doubt. And that's just like the nephew I got playing at Eastside. I mean, he's only a sophomore, nine in the state in tackles. He's going north-south for the Classic. He's going to get looked at. Man, he's already talking about, well, I probably need to transfer to go somewhere else <laughs> to get looked at. And I'm saying, dude, you don't have to. You're already getting looked at. You're already getting recognized. Stay with your buddies. And he likes Coach Wilcox. Yeah, yeah. And he, he likes, likes Coach Wilcox. So it's not, it's not that. It's just he's seen all these other ones just up and move to Anderson or move over here to Greenville or – Go to Christchurch or go to Southside Christian. I can do the same thing if I want to. Well, I got to talk to his mom and dad is what <laughs> I got to do. I want the kid to stay at Eastside. All right, well, let's move on to the South Carolina High School League 2023 playoffs in the bracket and where it stands as of right now. And uh, start with the Low Country in 5A. Um, this was a good ball game. Somerville and Carolina Forest. I, I mean, Carolina Forest, I thought they were going to get clobbered after the first half, but came out in the second half and really made a ball game of this. Um, ended up being a 63 to 35 win in favor of Somerville in the second second half for the most part. But um, you know, good effort by Carolina Forest defensively. I thought in the second half to kind of slow them down. Really good team. I mean, this Somerville team has been challenged a couple times here toward the end of the season and now and a couple times in the playoffs have been tested. Um, I think that's the most points that's ever been scored on it, Somerville. It is. Season. And like I said, they also had an injury in that game on defense. We, I, I think a kid's named Caleb Woods uh, as a linebacker. He took a – he made a hit. He lowered his helmet. The running back lowered his helmet, and they kind of crashed together, and they both went out of the game in, in a protocol-type situation. That game was actually on TV. In the area, uh, so I, I I would love for like my forty and the rest of these in the upstate man. Like you'll have the state championship games. The one thing I'm gonna say to Jerome and them is that you will play by play that can do these games. This man beside me, take <laughs> Casey Man and them so. basketball guys <laughs> off of there and and put some real football guys on there because watching on EB the the rest of these the state championship games not with them guys man. Come on, <laughs> Tom Carroll's a lot better. I'd rather hear him. Well, <laughs> Well, and, and Carolina Forest, I think, is one of those teams that's, that's an up-and-comer. And you better be getting ready for them. Because Place they, the building ain't stand. It, it's growing leaps and bounds down there. And it might be your first six they're, eight. they're getting some coaches in there now that know how to coach, and they're getting players that are willing to be coached. They're doing it the right way. And this is it's paying off, and it paid off this year. Next year – it's going to pay off again, so you you better not be 
you might want to pay attention to what you're doing when you play them. Yeah, quarterback, sophomore. Isn't that right? Yeah, the quarterback's a sophomore. Yeah. So, uh, Somerville is going to get White Knoll. This is going to be a fun That'll be the game. Those two. White That'll Noel, be the game. White Knoll took out my Gamecocks uh, 35-7, to seven, and when I talked to Tommy down there at the radio station, he, he said it was ugly. It, it was ugly from the first first, first play. We, they said they couldn't get things. I mean, you're going to call a timeout in your first play of, of your first possession. Get organized. You know, things just are going to go downhill after that. 35-7, White Knoll comes up, ends up rolling on this one. But White Knoll uh, undefeated on the season coming in here, rolling in with Somerville undefeated as well. Where did, That's the question. Where did this White Knoll team come from? I know where they're at. Don't, I'm not asking that question. What changed from last year to this year for that team to be undefeated? They beat uh, Dutch Fork? Possibly, but, I mean, same coach, mm-hmm. right? Hadn't been a change at that aspect. It's, it's more of a team and not an individual. Exactly, and that's where I was going with the team play, man. If a coach believes in it, blends in with it, like Midland Valley. You were yeah. talking about Midland Valley. That's but another group. We do know Midland Valley went over and stole their oh, running back, which was basically their team. Oh, well, Dunbar, I mean, yeah. He, he had, what, eight touchdowns in, the, in their loss the other night against Westside. But, uh, but we know they're here again. Go across that line, recruit that player to get him to come to your school, and this is what you do. Now, I, do we agree with it? No, but. It's it's kind of like Dabo in the portal, they don't agree yeah. with it. But yeah. that's what I was wondering because, like, you think about – I think of White Knoll and I think about a team that's a pretty good basketball team, not a whole lot with football. And then all of a sudden this year they're undefeated and they're getting ready to play for a chance to go to a state championship game. Uh, that's just kind of out there for me a little bit. So, I mean, kind of like, a middle, like I said, a Midland Valley and, and some of these other schools that went out there and did what they've done – just come, you know, from bottom one year or middle of the pack one year to where you're playing for a chance to go to a state championship game. That's pretty wild. But, and, and, and along with that, and this 5A stuff, Dutch Fork quarterback was injured for about the first five games of the year. First so seven. You, seven. So, if you caught Dutch Fork then, you had a chance to beat him. Okay. But now, he's back. And they're undefeated. And undefeated back. with him at the helm. So, Caroline told me that's their quarterback from Chaffee that got stole. But anyway, <laughs> Coach, I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I'm just saying. That's, but that, there again, that, that's to Coach Knotts. I'm not, he's not one of my favorite coaches. But um, you're right. And to have him back now, and he seems to have not missed a beat. A beat. Um, they're getting ready to find out what they got because, like yep. I said, they're going to play a regular football team now. Well, they ended up beating Gaffney last week to get to the semis, uh, 35-10. And that one, you, you didn't expect that at all. No. For Gaffney to only put up 10 points? I did. Did you? Because I, I'm not a big guy of Raleigh State and hadn't done a whole lot this year. Anyway, he's another one of quarterbacks. He just goes where he wants to. You know, I'll go to I'll go to Strum Thurman this, this week, BHP next week. I'll go over there and play for a couple weeks and then change out. And that's what he's done all year in the playoffs. He's slowly gotten them actually to actually win the game. Defense won it twice for him this year already. And it wasn't him. It was the defense. Uh, so, yeah, that one – I mean, it, it did surprise me, but, I mean, I was happy that that's what did happen. And, uh, like I said, I'm glad. I always want to see new blood in, in, to get to where they're competing for, for championships. I mean, people say that, and you got a Somerville right there that's been around forever, too. But Yeah, but they haven't been. They, they haven't been, been relative in a long time. New coach. Time. They got a new coach. Yeah. So. yeah. And then. Go ahead. They get to play J.L. Mann. Yeah, JL Man comes up with a big win over Hillcrest of Man, all people, twenty-one yeah. thirteen on Friday night, and um, this is a game that uh, this should be fun. It's going to be at Dutch Fork, 
uh, of course. But JL Mann's 11 2 on the season. Um, their only losses, if I go back, was to Spartanburg, a 17 6 win for the Vikings in that one. And then they lost the. Uh, um, I'm sorry, that's Dutch Fork uh, for JL Mann. Their losses, um, uh, Greenville, 21 19. JL Mann played <laughs> Greenville. 21-19 to a two-point game, three-point yep. game. Um, and then their other loss was to T.L. Hanna, where they lost 56-35. to So those are their only only two losses. Great football teams, by the way. Yeah. Well, well, here again, this is one of those teams that is playing as a team. I mean, can, any, can, 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 any, can anybody name their starting quarterback or their starting middle linebacker? I mean, you know, it's a team effort, just like at White Knoll. It's a team effort, and uh, I'd love to see them take Dutch Fork down. Oh, I would, yeah, that would be a fun one to and, and move on but, to be uh, at. That would be a really good. It's just, but I'm just wondering about playing at Dutch Fork. I know, yeah. I know they played in the playoffs. They've been yeah. Road Dogs and Road Warriors, but that'd be the one I'd want them to go down and really play. Hadn't been out long ago that we they were in our region, so yeah. I mean, you know, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that's probably the same coach as well, Tom. Mm-hmm. No, Same coach for the last three years. Okay. Three years. Yeah. So. But I can tell you uh, their wide receiver's name <laughs> is Mikkel McLennan. Um, he had, uh, what, two touchdown catches uh, from Ethan Anderson, who's the quarterback, Anderson, by the way. Uh, I said Peterson. <laughs> Anderson, sorry, Sam. Yeah, three carries for 40 yards to go along with that. And then they've got a running back um, by the name of Nasiris Morrison. Ooh. That is out there. Uh, he had 15 carries for 78 yards, had a 15-yard go-ahead TD to go along with that. So, And he's the return guy. He was averaging. Yeah. about 10 to 12 uh, yards of carry from what I've been told. And that's what needs so. to happen for them because Dutch Fork hits you early. So, if you kick off first and you do get the ball at man, if you can take it down and put it and score pretty fast, that's what you've got to do to beat Dutch Fork there. And your defense has only given up 14. Dutch Fork uh, giving up 16. Uh, the Silver Foxes are averaging 33 points a game, whereas man is averaging about 40 a game. So, <laughs> can they keep that up against a very good and now much improved Dutch Fork team now they got their quarterback back? So, anxious to see how Caroline said no, so no. <laughs> she's not a Dutch, Dutch Fork fan. I don't think any of us are Dutch Fork I think Fork she's fans. a Chapin fan. I think that's how I do it. So... Well, she she's a Chapin fan because not only did she go there, but she's seen Dutch Fork come over and steal their players. Yeah, and their cheerleaders, probably. Yeah. I don't know. So. <laughs> All right, so we got the five A out of the way. Taking a look at the four A ranks, um, we're gonna get to the Upstate because that's where it gets really fun, yeah. particularly for us and and Region One Four A. The road to the championship goes through Region One Four A this year. But uh, Irmo, big winners over James Island, uh, thirty four to seven. I did not see that coming. I that thought James Island. I thought this was going to be a score fest. Um, I really did. I thought it was going to be a lot like uh, the West Side Midland Valley kind of game. Uh, didn't end up that way. So, Irmo ends up advancing on that one. Uh, they get South Florence, who was a 42-22 winner over Lancaster, um, which is Lancaster's another one of those surprise teams that made it to the third round of the playoffs. And West and South Florence just keep doing what they've been doing. So. Keep on rolling with Rolling. another sellers. Well, yep, selling it out. <laughs> Balling it out, whatever you want to yeah, say. But Irmo's out to prove something here. Uh, you heard, you know, we've talked about what their coach says. Your job is to stop us. I'm not going to stop running my offense because, you know, we're, we're killing you. We're, we're going to run, and, and our object is to score you. Your object is to stop us. So, um, with that kind of mentality going up against South Florence. The thing is, though, Irmo might have the defense to be able to stop these guys. 
Possibly. I mean, yeah, because, I mean, I like what the coach – You, I mean, like I said, Channel 5 was buzzing down there with all the high school stuff. But I like what the coach at James Island said. He said, game plan, we won this game. We just didn't win the score. He said, but we did not let that offense just put as much as they wanted to on us. We made it become what it was. And he says, that's what teams have to do. Here's the thing. If you were game planning for Irmo, it's A.J. Bland. That's all it is. That's your quarterback. I would find the next man that's doing anything, and I'd say, you go get it now, buddy, because I know what this quarterback can do. Um, and like I said, he's going to be up there for Mr. Football or whatever it is. And uh, so I think if you can figure a way to shorten his game down and his touchdown, because I'm going to tell you, as good as Lenore Sellers has an arm at Carolina, as far as a rope, and we haven't seen it yet, but we have in the championship game last year. This kid's got a rope, and, I mean, he can throw it on that rope. And um, really good quarterback. But, again, he has not had the pressure put on him that a lot of these other teams have. And I think with Drew, um, I can't think his name, Medlove or Maylob or whatever his name is, he's going to come up with a game plan like he did last year to win state. Because, remember, they went him at some really high-powered offense last year, and they shut it down for the most part. So, I think he can do what he's got to do. I mean, it's just – it's never been – that's always been my ride. What you're even with Irmo, so I've never been an Irmo All guy. right, uh, so the, that leads us to the Upper State Championship. And, of course, uh, uh, two really good games last week in the Upper State. I mean, you had Westside going to Midland Valley. This was a score fest, 68-53. to Westside comes up uh, the big winner in this one. Uh, no defense for either team when you look at it this way. I guess you could say Westside had a better defense because they uh, forced Midland Valley into a couple more turnovers as well as as punts to go along with that for the big win um, and then Greenville they come up big against Northwestern 42 to 41 Northwestern had a chance to win this guys with a minute and 30 seconds remaining uh, ends up being a uh, interception uh, by Greenville and all of a sudden that's a ball game they run out the clock what happened to because when you say you're safe you talking about two-point conversion yeah what happened to at home Play for overtime. Kick the extra point. On the man. road, yep. you go for two. Right. I, that was the game that stunned me, man. I'm, I'm sitting in Buford, and I get that score, and I'm like, I'm going to check another one. That can't be right. <laughs> <laughs> I go down every one of my sides. We sites, were doing got, the same thing. And I was that. like, come on, man. And I, I just – you don't expect, like – and I'm not going to say that's a coaching mistake. I'm not going to – because he had to make the call. Do we want to go ahead and end it now, or do we want to play? And he knows how prolific that offense is at Greenville, as much as I hate to say that. But, I mean, I just had always – we were always taught, man, at home you kick the extra point, and on the road you go for two. But that was a surprise to me. But, you know, I got to give props out to Coach Porter and him because he did something I didn't think would happen this year. He went up to Northwestern and won a game. You well, did. and with Northwestern, I, I'm like, y'all, I don't agree with going for two. In that sense, because you were at home. If we remember, Northwestern had to come from behind to get it to 42-41. If I've got old Mo on my back, I'm not going to go for the two. I'm going to kick the extra point and say, okay, we're going to beat you in overtime. Coach Porter, you know, and I still say Coach Liner's the reason Coach Porter won that ball game because <laughs> Coach Liner showed Coach Porter – how to stop them. How to stop Green. Play man-to-man on their receivers. Keep them covered up. The quarterback does not like to get hit, and he's just going to chunk it. And that I feel like that's probably what happened. Probably. 
Greenville, by the way, KD Mosley, the leading receiver, seven receptions, 163 yards, um, including touchdowns of 43 and 35 yards there. Um, and then uh, Mazio Bennett uh, had an okay game. Eight times he uh, got uh, to run the ball for 43 yards, had three touchdowns rushing the ball, also had three receptions for 21 yards, and uh, got to complete a 36-yard pass. So he played a little quarterback in that regard. Um, and then uh, you look at Bryson Drummond, who is a quarterback, 13 of 17 for 185 yards of two. TDs. That's probably the biggest reason that they ended up winning was that connection um, with Drummond and Mosley. Because Mazio, he killed us over at the BAB. Um, This time they decided that they were going to take him away and Mosley of course steps up big. Well like I said to to think about even putting Mazio Bennett, MK Bennett in the backfield is crazy to me unless you just don't have a running back. You got you got you've had an injury somewhere because that's your best receiver. You move into a different spot that he really hadn't played all year. Now he came out of the slot and beat us on a couple times on some some crosses and some little passes over the middle. But for the most part, he just beat us with speed on the, out of that slot position. Mm-hmm. And then so there must have been some kind of an injury there for Greenville at running back that they put him back there to run the football. Or add a little more speed at the running and back. And it could spot. that could, could that could be it as well. I mean, I because like I said, I probably couldn't remember. I don't. And we played him. I, I can't tell you who the running back was. I can tell you who the quarterback was. It was Drummond because we didn't expect him to play. Yeah. And then Bennett, you know, catching the balls and the speed that he's got. I I, I don't like Greenville for one reason, but I have to kind of give him respect because that's where we're recruiting from. <laughs> Stands five of this year. Blake Franks is going to be huge on the offensive line for Carolina. Uh, Bennett's going to be really good down there, and the other defensive lineman that they got coming to Carolina's going to be good. Y'all need to start going over and get one player at least. Now, don't give me Colin Saddle. Hey, we've, no, don't give me Colin Saddle <laughs> because that man still may turn in the side. All right, how about Tyler Brown? <laughs> Tyler Brown's pretty good. Well, That's but, what we're hoping for, Bennett. But, <laughs> and, and Tyler Brown, Clemson got him almost by mistake. They did. It was the last, I mean, uh, they, had, they had another receiver that they wanted. That guy went somewhere else, and Tyler Brown was just like, well, let's go get him. He don't really fit our mold, but we're going to go get him. And next thing you know, he's the best receiver they got on the field. <laughs> yeah. So that should have woke Dabo up right there. But um, <laughs> Greenville, you know, they had a good ball club. I think that the beatdown that Greenwood put, the, the Rock Hill offensive line, our defensive line were small. They weren't the the massive bodies that we had been seeing against some of these other teams. I think Greenwood beating them up like the way we did. And then we all – Greenville's got a pretty good offensive line. They got some pretty good size on them and on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that line of scrimmage, that Greenville just won the line of scrimmage, which allowed – and it had to. I mean, Drummond's a good quarterback. We've seen that. But he must have had a lot of time to throw the ball, and those receivers had a lot of time of getting open unless in watching game film, Porter saw that Northwestern was going more to a zone and set his pass tree to, to take advantage of that zone. And also, Northwestern is not a very physical team. No, uh, well, not. defensive line is, but, yeah. but offensively, they're more of a finesse team. Yeah, and I think Greenville playing in the conference that they played in, I mean, you had to play physical 
football in this conference to win. You had Greenville, Westside, Greenwood, Easley. All four of those teams play physical. And and that wasn't something new to the Greenville team. Yeah, they knew, They even told us when we were up there the yeah. week prior that, you know, we're we in don't for want a them. dog we, fight we prefer here. prefer not to play yeah. Greenville. So uh, that leads to another Greenwood, or excuse me, Greenville traveling to Westside matchup here, Region 1 matchup again in the semifinals. Cutter Woods had a huge night uh, against Midland Valley, 14-21 to 21 for 246 yards, four touchdowns to go along with it. Sherrod Richardson, the running back at Westside, uh, three touchdowns, um, 16 for 125 yards uh, on the ground, um, had two scores, and he had a 65-yard reception for another to go along with it. And then you look at uh, DeMarco Evans, who absolutely killed us. Uh, Moran for three touchdowns, 86 yards, eight carries uh, as well to go along with that. But that Midland Valley, too, uh, what can you say about their running back? He ended up breaking 3,000 yards on the season, scored eight touchdowns. He had all their touchdowns to go along with it. So, I mean, that was a great game. But this is going to be another fun one. This was a 28-14 win for Westside last uh, was it September? Sep- middle of September. September yeah, it was around, uh, well, I'll tell you exactly when it was that this game happened. Uh, September 29th, 28-14. Uh, to Westside ended up with the win in this one. Um, you know, all-stars are there uh, for this matchup, yep. and we'll get into it more on Wednesday. But Bubba Franks, Julius Tate, uh, Jaden Wilson, uh, Abrams, and uh, Bryce Knobber uh, as well for, Forget uh, about Bryce. for Greenville. <laughs> And then Westside has got Jimmy Boston and Josh Williams, who are two of the big ones. Plus, they got some juniors uh, in the running back we just mentioned in Cutter Woods uh, that are phenomenal to go along with that, that are going to be future uh, uh, all-stars as well. So it's 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 a star-studded cast coming up on Friday night. And over it's being played at Westside. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's, that was the thing. I remember we went over there, what, two years ago and watched some two teams play before. But, I, you know, the one thing I thought about with that game, you were talking about what – Travion Dunbar did. I had a little talk with Benji on the side the other night. I th- congratulated him on a win. He says, well, I'm going to be honest with you. Had Silver Bluff had Travion Dunbar, we wouldn't have won this game. He said, I'm glad he went to Midland Valley. <laughs> um, but like I say, man, I mean, that's just a back. I mean, he's a he's a dog. I don't know what we got to do with Carolina to get, let him knock on that wood right there because the grades have got to get there to get Travion Dunbar. We need him at running back. A kid can run for 3,000 yards – and a four A season is is a pretty good football player, even though we call that region trash. Even well, well, you got, and, and I was gonna say, <laughs> and and I don't mean this in any disrespectful way, but that conference that they play in is hand and shoulders below the conference that Greenwood plays in. Put them in this conference and see if that kid gets three thousand yards. I don't think he would. With Westside and Greenville, he's laid pretty good defensively, too. Yeah, and Greenwood, I mean, yeah, he's going to have his breakout game here and there, but he's not going – I don't think he's going to get it because these coaches are good enough defensive coaches with good enough defensive players on that side of the ball that they're going to scheme to stop him, and they would stop him. 
All right, so that leads us to the 3A matchups. Um, Brooklyn Casey, big win over Crestwood, 53-27. to um, Another one of my Sumter teams that just let me down. <laughs> that was a shocker, Tom. I don't care. That was a shocker uh, yeah, to me. Man. Well, Crestwood was my dark horse. Dark horse. Uh, yeah. You know, to go. But Brooklyn Casey, um, we mentioned them at the beginning of the season, and then we just forgot about them. Yeah. And I think that's what every, everybody just who, – who are these guys? All yeah. of a sudden, in the playoffs, we find out. So uh, they're going to get to take on the Camden Bulldogs, who beat the Gilbert. Indians 49 to 35. This was a game that went back and forth until uh, midway through the fourth quarter when Gilbert uh, all of a sudden just self destructed, as <laughs> you like to say. But um, congrats to those two. So that'll be a fun matchup on Friday, and that game will be at Brooklyn Casey, of all places. Nice little feel. That's a cool little yep. feel right there. And then a game that we were at um, this past Friday night, Belton Honeypath taking on the Clinton Red Devils, 27-24. And, um, you know, Clinton went down by 10 it, in the fourth quarter. It was ever been as close as score dictates. It was. And, so, and, and you can, can't help but think if Clinton hadn't have gotten fancy <laughs> at the beginning of this game and, and tried to do, I, I don't know what. Every, every trick play in the book was, and every – Odd set, everything that you could think of. And we were sitting in the stand saying, what are y'all doing? You know, you've got talent all over this offensive side of the ball. And next thing you know, it's in the fourth quarter and they're down 10. But all of a sudden they say, well, okay, well, let's go score seven. And they start throwing the ball and Belt and Honeypath <laughs> had no answers. I mean, these guys were just going down the field and catching balls left and right. Yeah, they just ran out of and, time. And touchdown and then the onside kick if they had recovered it it only bounced once though as you pointed out it only bounced once it needed to bounce twice and it only bounced once but uh but the henderson running back was a real deal that number eight was awesome he was Uh, a real deal had the first play for the game went for 40 yards for a touchdown so Um, he's got a huge uh, offensive line. That's what surprised me the most was the size of Belton Honey Pass offensive yeah. line and the way they were pushing that defensive line around. And they did for the biggest part of the game. And But at the same time, I mean, Clinton hung in there. And for a long time, Clinton had to lead. Mm-hmm. And everybody on the BHP side, uh, you know, we had the one guy up there, he just wanted – them bears to hit somebody. <laughs> hit somebody, bear. Hit that referee. Hit, hit that referee. Yeah, somebody <laughs> needs to take that referee out. But, uh, I mean, it uh, It was it was a good game to watch. Uh, enough points were scored to keep you interested, but enough defense was played, too. There were some licks laid, and there were some plays that started developing. You think, oh, this is, this is going to be a big chunk play. Next thing you know, here comes somebody from out of nowhere making a tackle. So uh, yeah, but congrats to the coach Fountain yeah. and and what he was able to do with with the Red Devils. Um, I hate that it ended it for him mm-hmm. uh, in that regard. But as he said, this was a really good football team that we yeah. went up against. Um, and like I said, they tried something different. Definitely. I give him credit for that. Uh, unfortunately, it just kind of self destructed. I don't think they took into account the speed um, on that defensive Probably line for the not. for the Probably Bears. Probably not. So. And you know, but. Is the is the playoffs the time to come out and start pulling all all these trick plays? No. Now you've played them, you've used it, you've worked on them in practice every day, and I know the kids have fun running a lot of this stuff. But uh, wait a minute, let's go win the ball game first. And I think that's what BHP did. BHP come out and said, "This is who we are," and you could tell they were definitely not a throwing team. Uh, their quarterback wasn't exactly the best 
quarterback in the world as far as throwing the ball. But run game, offensive line, and the defense, defense, you could not get outside on them. If you were going to attack, and that's another thing I thought Clinton did not do, they did not attack the middle of the BHP. Not until the end. Not until the end. And when it got down and we had score, I mean, Clinton just said, all right, let's flip the page and go to our passing attack, and they walked right down the field. Yeah, the biggest difference for me was the fourth down conversions that BHP yeah. did. They were three of five in that regard, whereas Clinton was two of four. But all of Clinton's were uh, early in the, early. In the second quarter yeah. um, when they started running the ball in that regard for their first uh, touchdown of the night. But BHP, for the most part, came out uh, ready for bear. I mean, they, they were they the were bear, uh, as I like to say. And, and that's when they ended up with those three big uh, uh, fourth down conversions. But them bears must be ready to hit somebody this week because <laughs> they got to go to the lines then. Well, actually, uh, I was wrong on that, Stan, so uh, that, that's my fault for reporting okay. that. They're actually going to BHP. Oh, okay, uh, the so the places. lines are coming into the Bears then. Okay. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it matters. Yeah, now, y'all, y'all saw this BHP team play. I did not see it, but I, I'm going to – like I said, I you if I just know what Daniel's got offensively and then defensively too, so it, it should be a really good game, but – I don't think that matters where they play that game. If that was a neutral – and most times that would be your state championship game right there. Well, I if one wasn't say, on the other side of the other. The, the, this game right here should probably be the 3A state champion. Whoever wins this ball game probably should, takes be, it. should, should take it with no problem. And I, I, I want to say that even with going into the 4A with Westside and Greenville, I think the winner of that game has got – Probably a good shot at winning the state. Now you get to five A, you you know Dutch Fork somebody. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> All right, before we get into two A, I'm going to go to the one A brackets because we've got Abbeville in the two A, and I want to talk a lot about them mm-hmm. uh, here in just a moment. But then the two uh, A brackets um, uh, in the lower part of the country, J- Johnsonville beats Lamar uh, at Lamar of all places, a 14 to 12 win for them. Uh, congrats to jo- Johnsonville uh, there, who a lot of people were saying should have won or was the favorite to win prior to Louisville doing what they've done this season. And uh, they're going to get to face uh, big Bamberg Earhart. Um, <laughs> uh, Johnsonville goes on the road to Bamberg, who ended up beating Cross rather easily 41-6 to in this regard. So. Remember, Johnsonville is the team that got big Bamberg last year, so be careful because, like I said, Johnsonville played for the state last year and they want to play again. So now she's going to be on the other foot. So mm. now if you're big Bamberg, you better be ready because this, this team's peaking at the right time. All right, and then uh, we get the fun one, the battle of the private schools. you got uh, St. Joe's taking out Southside Christian, <laughs> um, 27-14, the big winner there for St. Joe's. But uh, Christ Church is going to be their next opponent, and they got to go, um, I believe, to Christ Church because Christ Church was the second seed second or seed, the first seed, first seed. and uh, they'll have to go uh, up there. So um, uh, this will be another Region 1 matchup to go along with it. Christ Church beat uh, Blacksville Hilda 27-7 in this regard. But these two schools are what, Stan, about not even a mile apart? <laughs> if that. Know, if that, you know. We'll we'll give it two miles, but uh, the attendance zone there's, is the state of South Carolina, yeah. I think. And there's, there's yeah, there's there's no home field advantage here no. other than, you're, you know, you right playing at home, yeah. Uh, you're playing on the field at your practice home. But, and, and, you know, you hate to say it, but I'm going to say good luck to both of y'all. And enjoy it, 
because next year when this realignment comes out, Christchurch, when you're in that 3A division, <laughs> good luck. Uh, St. <laughs> Joe, Southside Christian, when y'all are moving up, Good luck. We'll see what happens there. Yeah. All right, uh, that moves us to the 2A bracket. And you got Oceanside, big winners over Barnwell, 43-6. to Also Hampton County. Um, and we've talked about this Hampton County team before. 37-21 winners over Andrew Jackson uh, in the upstate that's there. Um, big matchup for the lower part of the region championship. Between two good schools, I think. Yeah. you hear what the coach said? He said, can you tell, say that score back to me again? 37-21. He looked at the guy on the, that was there doing interviews. He says, well, I'm the defensive coordinator and the head coach. I might not have a job this year. <laughs> he said, he may fire me. <laughs> he said, because I don't think we've given up that many points in a game yet yeah. until that game. So, And we talked about it all year long. I've, I've said, man, Hampton County from the lower country is going to be one of the teams that you got to be careful of on that side of it from lower state. And, I mean, they're, they're moving on down. And, like I said, one more game to get where they want to get. So, that could be an interesting matchup there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and they'll either get Great Collegiate, who ended up beating Strom Thurmond in a good one, 35-31, or they'll get the Abbeville Panthers, who ended up beating Silver Bluff 16-6 or to in a very good defensive battle in that regard uh, as well. So, this, this you know, in, in most cases, this might have been the upper state, or, or I should say the upper state. But state, the state championship, championship game, I agree. Be ready to shut the bar down, by the way, because you said Strom Thurmond lost. <laughs> <laughs> so we are going to talk about a Clemson win and a man to get you to open back up. But, uh, that, you know, that that's one of those games you really don't want to see a, t- a team have to lose. I mean, Coach Webb did what he had to do to win. I just Like I said, it's just a team I'm never going to like. I don't care if you get whoever coaching the team. It's great collegiate, and I'm, I'm like you are with the 1A schools. I can't wait till next year when it's an evil playing field with the multiplier going in place. But uh, So now, like I said, I, I've never been jumping on – Philip Nichols' bandwagon or anything, but I think we do this week for this week for the Lakers definitely. Um, and like I said, they they I'm gonna get a handicap sticker and we're gonna go down and they're gonna make me park in that field and they better have a golf cart to get me to that field, or else I'm gonna lay out in the middle of the road. <laughs> Brad, you heard well, that right? They, they made y'all's fans pay to park. How about I that? <laughs> well, I made them walk down that dirt road. Yeah, but they made them pay to park. Nobody else in the high school who had to pay a dime to park. But Great Collegiate decides, you know, we, we're not getting the money we need. So we're right. going to charge you. Now, how that went, I don't know. I know that the, the high school league looked at it to see if it was legal or not. Right. And I'm sure, like I said, they got every attorney in Columbia in the pocket. So I'm sure they made sure it was legal. But I just uh, I don't see how that was even done. But like I said, well, I don't think it matters because Abbeville's coming, so be ready. Well, Abbeville's coming. Um, the only thing, both teams – uh, Gray and Abbeville, I think, played physical games last Friday. So, which team has the fresher bodies, the the bodies that are willing to to go play on Friday? A little beat up, a little bruised up. Is Gray ready for Abbeville to come in with that? And we know Abbeville is a tough, you know, grinded out team. Now they can throw it. We we've seen that, but is is Great Collegiate really ready to be hit for a second week in a row like they're gonna be hit Friday night? Uh, I'm I'm gonna go with the Panthers, even though Great Collegiate was one of the last teams to beat Abbeville. I don't. This was this is not the same Great Collegiate that played them that year, 
And uh, this is not the same Medville that team that played great that year. So I'm I'm hoping and looking, and we we'll we'll get the word out. Medville, y'all be sure to take you an extra five dollar bill or ten dollar bill. <laughs> it's ten, and, by the way. That, well, it's carry you a ten because it. Well, you might ought to carry you a twenty because it'll probably go up. It went from ten to you pay a fifty dollar extra charge on your ticket you get online too. So now you tell me how they're changing all these rules to get this excess money. Here's your quote. I got you both a quote from a very reliable great collegiate grad. Abbeville's not IMG. Abbeville's not Pensacola Prep or whoever they played. They got the brains beat out. They're not the team out of Virginia. We played a lot better football teams than Abbeville this year. My response back, you told me to leave the CSRA boys alone, and you didn't win none of them either. So Abbeville's coming. You didn't beat IMG. You didn't beat mm-hmm. Pre- Pre- Presswood. Clearwater. Was, yeah, yeah, Clearwater. I mean. That was it, Clearwater. Um, yeah, you play the big games, but, I mean, if you don't win them, I mean, why well, throw that back at somebody because that's going to give me ammunition to throw back at you. But it should be a really good game. I mean, if it wasn't the – I'm going to call it outright hatred for this team because I just don't like a team to try to stack a deck as soon as they get in the league. I think that's what Cam's got the problem because he's got family agree. But you've tried to stack the deck from the time you came into the high school league into the public. You tried to stack the deck, have your cake and eat it too, and they're fixing to shut it down, as Stan says. And like Caroline says, I would like to see him have to play 5A next year. Well, I'm, you know, and I'm not just saying this for Gray or Christchurch or anybody else, but there are public schools that if you look at those, that set of 10 different things that we saw, you start factoring all those in, you're going to see some 3A teams have to go to 4A. You're going to see 4A go to 5A. And it's, it's, it's making it competitive. It's giving everybody a better chance of being successful. You still got to have the players. You still got to have the coaches. You're still going to have teams that are going to beat somebody 60 to nothing. That's going to happen. But it's not going to happen every year in every game that you play that one team. Well, I'm anxious to see how, how this goes for Abbeville. Um, we know they're more of a defensive team than they are an offensive team. Right. Uh, last week um, uh, they were able to come up in some big stops uh, inside the 20 in the red zone. I mean, not not one or two, but we're talking multiple well, big stops uh, in that regard. Uh, can Jay Harris and A.J. Speech, can they have another big games uh, to go along with that in back-to-back weeks uh, as think, well? I think they can. And, and you know, and that goes back to the old adage. We don't care if you move the ball 20 to 20. We'll let you throw it, run it, whatever you want to. You but when you get inside it. the 20, you better have a field goal kicker because we're going to stop you. Bend it, don't break it. Yep. That was our saying this year, wasn't yeah. it? I, you know, I just have been so impressed with what Leach has done. Like I said, he didn't know he was going to play quarterback this year. So no. He had no idea. No. Coach goes to him, what, week three, two? Or later, yeah. And says, I need you to play quarterback. I'm a linebacker. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I – and just to what this kid's done, you know, Norman gets hurt. He's back now. He's 100% now, I think. I think Carson he got hurt two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah, and now he's totally back, and I think that takes the pressure off, off Leach that's going to be there. 
Um, I just that's the one two punch I think they've got to have against the Great Collegiate. Um, I and then I got I got like I said, I, CSRA has been hitting me pretty hard after I hit them with everything. But um, I do know who your, who the quarterback was that went to Clemson from Gray. By the way, I'm not that silly of a guy. Um, I just don't really remember his name because he hadn't played a whole lot at Clemson. So if he's that great of a player, he'd be K. Klubnik out. Hey, and you're talking about Helms. Uh, he's a pretty <laughs> good quarterback, if you ask me. Um, he would have made it. Carolina. Is a little bit. He wouldn't made it, Carolina. <laughs> right, B-Ray. He would have made it, Carolina. Hunter Helms wouldn't even seen a field. If he was that good, though, Stan, that they want to bring up a, a guy that graduated, what, three years ago? For great four collegiate, years. four years ago, then he'd have beat Klubnik out if he was that great. Mm-hmm. So, he surely would have beat DJ Uwe, which is my man now, by the way. But, um, <laughs> like I said, it should be a great game. And, like I said, I'll hatred or whatever you want to call it aside. I just don't like this team very I, I, I'd just like to ask let, Jerome what he thinks about Gray. Yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to – it's true. I'm just going to let everybody know that you have a cat named Gray Collegiate that gets in a lot of trouble over Charles. Matter of fact, he, he's missing right now. So, after after this game with Abby, well, the school may be missing. So, you haven't seen Gray Collegiate since I left to go to Charleston. So, yeah, they think that's funny to be read. The cat's great, so I call it Gray Collegiate because he gets it. Well, I can't say it. I call it Great Collegiate. He's an asshole of a cat. Is the reason I, he'll claw you, scratch it. So I named him Great Collegiate. I just added to it. But uh, yeah, he's still missing Tom. So he's he's on. He didn't like the way they wanted either. So he was pulling for Strong Thurman. <laughs> all right. So with with all that being said, uh, Wednesday when we have our podcast because we we're going to have it on Thursday, but it's Thanksgiving. We're going to move it to Wednesday instead. Um, and hopefully, we'll have John Mark Scruggs to talk a little bit of Emerald basketball to go along with that uh, as well on our Wednesday edition uh, of the high school. I basketball. guess we better check with Howard to see if he's going to be open Wednesday afternoon. Barry, y'all here? Yeah. Okay. Wednesday afternoon. We, we didn't check with that person. So we will check with that person make sure he's here. So, yeah, come join us. Barry, what you got on Wednesday? Club sandwiches. Okay. Bad weather stays upstairs. Okay. No, okay. Very so we, good. Can still, we can still get in. All right. Yep. Good deal. Clyde, maybe Clyde will fix us a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> you better tell Barry what you want now. Yeah, there's Clyde right there. We coming with you, Clyde. Keep the apron on. Well, have it ready. Yeah, we, we he, might he's be got, ready. He, he's getting on the train to go to Philly Wednesday yeah, night. Right. So y'all better get your food early. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know Josh back. Yeah, I know, yeah. 24, I think. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. He's got changed. a different number. Yeah, he couldn't get 24 this time. Okay. I think he's like a low number. I think he's five or nine, something like that. But yeah, he he's already got he's already got one interception. So no, last the week before last, that's what gave him his um, practice squad status is updated to player now. So he's gonna make a little bit more money than he would as a practice squad guy. So Lamar gonna be on the practice squad for long. I tell you that though. Keep walking. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Keep walking. <laughs> you go in Super Bowl about like I get a sandwich Wednesday. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm going to Philadelphia. I just, I'm not a Mahomes guy. I put B-Round on spot for that one. Though. It should be a really good football game, though, because, I mean, Kelsey's got his girlfriend. It spends on She lets him play or not, or practice or whatever. As long as I want to hear this new Christmas carol they got out. Oh, they do have the brothers. new – yeah, they do have the new carol. That's what you need to listen for. The Kelsey brothers yeah. did a Christmas carol. <laughs> 
<laughs> and Taylor Swift probably paid for all the production and probably wrote the song for They probably was at her place, yeah, her, yeah. her studio at her home. Yeah, and, and she probably wrote the song for him. <laughs> Oh, he's calling. Right. He's calling the uh, cheap team. Yeah. So, okay, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, come on by and see Clyde. Uh, here at the WrestleMania this week fixes the best wings. By the way, if you have to get a chance to order those from him as well, let's turn our attention now towards uh, the uh, college aspect. We got. I want to get into the basketball, but we're running uh, way out of time here, so we won't be able to get into the basketball this time around, but hopefully uh, on Wednesday and definitely next Monday we'll get into some of that uh, as well. But the Blue Hose, um, they get their last regular football game of the year. Um, preserve the victory, too, over there at Bailey Field as they take down Moorhead. Um, basically, four turnovers kind of did them in. Moorhead State, that is. Uh, 31-27 being the win for the Blue Hose in this one, and um, you know, again, another great game offensively when you can put up, uh, what, 300, almost 400 yards, 391 yards total offense to go along with that, three, 236 through the air, and what was it, about 155 through the on the, on ground. the ground? Yeah, Tyler Wesley did what he finally came back. I thought he had disappeared for a while, but I think it's good we gave him that push on Lakeland Sports Guy that this was their win to have. So as much of the chaos as I've been losing, we got that one right this week. So, uh, yeah, good win for them. And, I mean, I think that's what they needed to, to continue what they're trying to do this year to be successful. And they kept home field. So that was the main thing. They protected home field against a really good football team. So fun one in that regard. Uh, yeah. By the way, the, the program's highest scoring output in the Pioneer League for, for the Blue Hosts. They're putting up 31 in that regard. A team on the rise. It is. You're expecting for- them more next year. <laughs> yeah, seriously, this team is pretty close. Well, they, they're not really close to five and five, but they're better than we thought they were. They're four yeah. and seven right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so I would have probably given them maybe. And they've been in all the games but yeah. one. And yeah. they have traveled. That was <laughs> they that have Butler, been Butler yeah. and the rest of those up there. So, I mean, that, it's been a fun year to watch them. Yeah. It really has. So, with that being said, now they're just um, waiting basketball-wise to find out uh, if some of these guys are going to end up over there or not. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm told that they've got a couple of guys that play both ways, play basketball as well as football, so we'll, we'll see how true that is when we dive into that a little bit more. Furman took one on the chin, did they not, uh, against their arch rival in Wofford. Uh, you're ranked number two in the country. You tried to talk me into it, too. I did. You did. <laughs> and I said I that was... some of the Furman guys just kind of <laughs> shut down for We're going to rest our bodies this week because we, we know we in the playoffs. Yeah, they get a playoff berth. Um, they get a bye week. Yeah in the playoffs to go along with it. But they, they fall from second down to fourth, I think it was. Something like that. Uh, in the rankings. Um, but you know, I, I couldn't tell you what was wrong. I, I was listening to Dan Scott the whole time, and he, to tell you the truth, I don't think he knew what, what was wrong and what was going on, other than the fact that they couldn't move the football. Well, the last well, two games. They had, didn't they have two touchdowns called back? They did have they did. for some. But Tyler Huff hadn't played in two weeks. And that, I don't know why you didn't have him ready for this game. but And neither did Dominique Roberto. He well, hasn't played they, in two they're, games. They're getting a full. They're going to be at 100% when they go to the playoffs. Which they got a nine seed, by the way. I don't know if you saw that yesterday or not. They're going to be a nine seed. Mm-hmm. So, that's a fairly good seed. It does yeah. give you a home game. So. Yep. Yeah, Carson Jones couldn't do anything. He was 18 for 38, 99 yards with a pick. The running back, 11 for 70. I mean, so you only had – you didn't even have 150 yards of offense in the game. And that's just not doing football. Yeah. So, I mean, Odom, had, Odom only had 92 yards. <laughs> so, I mean, 
Ingram was the running back. He did have 19 carries for 111, so he had the most yards of anybody in that hole. But, I mean, that was just – that's a huge win for Coach Watson. Huge. Because he said this team had been fairly well all year. He started the year at Pittsburgh playing the Panthers on the road and then to finish with a win over Furman. I think that validates this season, even though there's only the one win. I think that's never giving up, keeping your quarterback positive. And like I said, it hasn't been a very good year for Walford, but what a way to end it. And then it pushed both basketball and football teams into, I mean, basketball teams. They're playing big basketball now because they're playing big teams and they're winning big games. So we'll be talking about those two teams in basketball all season long. It'll be fun to watch. By the way, Furman uh, could see a rematch with Chattanooga coming up here as uh, Chattanooga takes on Austin Perry. So the winner of that game gets uh, to head on over to Greenville to take on the Paladins. I saw that was set up for it. And i tell you, that's the main reason I watched Alabama was because they played Chattanooga. And I wanted to see if they were as good as what they played against Furman. And like I said, you just got – they were at Brian Denny. So, I mean, that, that just wasn't even a contest there. But um, it's a pretty good fo- – it's a good football team. But like I said, Furman won the first time they played. So, um, I, with Furman, like, like Dan Scott says, we got to figure out what's going on offensively. And that's one thing. Clay Hendricks is a defensive guy. So, that, now they got to figure out what they are going to do on offense inside the ball. and Because we know how good defensively Chattanooga is too. So, but like I said, I kind of want to see Austin P win that game. <laughs> Pull that upset. We'll see if Perry can do it. It'll be interesting to see overall. But, uh, yeah, Furman, uh, SoCon champions, um, probably their all-time best, I would say, uh, their season that they went through. But they get their 20th playoff berth uh, to go along with it. As we take a look uh, down to – where do you want to start, Carolina or Clemson? All right. uh, We'll start with – how about we start with Carolina? Spencer Rattler, 19 to 27, 207 yards, two touchdowns. Xavier Leggett had uh, what nine catches for 94 yards um, in <laughs> this one. Seven and 17-14 ball game. Um, a lot closer than because uh, I turned it off at halftime. I thought, oh, this well, this one's over. Gamecocks have got this, <laughs> and it turned out to kind of turn around on them. Um, it, and they ended up coming back and winning here in the last few seconds. That's what helped us. You turned it off. So. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Well, I was this, this was and, – and every team has that game every year. I don't care who you are. You're going to have that one game where it's just an ugly game. And it, it, it may not be your play is that bad. It, it, it's officiating. It's the other team. And it's it was just – the game went by quick. I mean, to me, sitting in the stands, the game went by quick because Kentucky is the slowest offensive team I've seen in college football <laughs> in the last five years. But, um, you know, it was a back and forth. Uh, Carolina came out just on fire first quarter. And, you know, look, sitting there at the first quarter, I'm, okay, we got this is going to be a – a game kind of like last year, we're going to score 24, 30 points, and we're going to hold them to about 10. And the next thing I know is 14-10 Kentucky. So, it, it was just an ugly game. But, 33 but, rushes, 50 yards for the Gamecocks. So, uh, again, we're struggling 1.5 yards to carry. Yep. I mean, and that's the question. I'm going to ask you a question really quick because it is Clemson Carolina week. Who does Clemson have defensively that they can put on Xavier Leggett, this 6'4", six, 6'5", six, guy, defensive Secondary, who have you got that you're gonna put on Leggett this week? So Wiggins or Lewis? I was thinking Lewis too. I know he's a freshman, but Wiggins is Wiggins has slowly surprised me. He really has at Clemson. Yeah, 
So that's going to be an interesting matchup there. We still got to figure a way to Carolina run the ball. I mean, we're going to finish up this, but well, well, and, and again, Saturday, uh, looking at the, uh, we 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 our seats are kind of right where the Vision team comes out, so we get to see them a little bit closer than you would if you were in the upper deck or whatever. They they had some massive human beings. I mean. <laughs> These guys, and you look at the program, they're six, seven, three fifty plus, and I mean they're, and this is legit. This is not throwing ten pounds of weight on this the scale. Or at, yeah, this is all human being, flesh and blood and meat. I mean, uh, and they, and it was that way across the defensive front and the offensive front. But it's just uh, Rattler was only sacked twice. Which that's an improvement for an offensive line that is about as bad as we had last year. Now we did have the same starting for five for the third game in a row. Uh, so, and we do get Trey Jones back this week from Abbeville, our starting another offensive lineman. So, hopefully, we're getting we're getting healthy at the right times. Um, but, like I said, it was just an ugly game. But Rattler and Leggett came up big when we needed it and had two big pass plays, about 17, 18 yards apiece. And touchdown, you win the ball game, you go home. Simply um, put, defense won this game for us. Yeah. Defense won this game. Well, well, we had, what, one, two picks. Well, if you call – it depends on what you call Tonka. the Tonkas. I mean, it was a pass. It was tipped. <laughs> Tonka called it, so is it interception or fumble? It's a, it's I call a, it the INT. It never hit the ground. Yeah, too. so, I, you know, two INTs, one in the end zone, and then a fumble recovery. So, And we did not turn the ball over. Rattler did not throw an interception. We had no fumbles. Uh, so, you know, all, like you say, the defense, we stopped them. And uh, – Kai Kroger had a decent game punt. He hit one sixty something yards, but then he hits one thirty six. So, uh, but, but you don't hit, know. the one thing about him is when, when Limbo tells him to go in there, he tells him where to put that ball. Yeah. He either wants it down, coughing corner kick, yeah. or he wants it to not even get anywhere near it. Yeah. And like I said, that was the one, the thirty six yard. He said, "Just pop it straight up. Let's get under so it, make the play, right. making yeah. fair catch the ball." We've been waiting on players. Mm-hmm. Even more, even more, he's back. He's playing 100%. Be a good matchup next week. McCobble's playing really good on defense for Clemson. But Debo Williams is still just the man. I mean, he had the five tackles. and But your man, Martin Scott's back, Kilgore, Blanton, Collier. These kids are finally stepping up. Marcellus Dial. Um, and we're going to get Fortune back. Fortune will be back after suspended this past game. we said all season, I don't think there's a team that's even targeted a receiver that Dial was covering, but maybe once or twice a game. And, and there's a reason for it because he's covering them. They're not open. So Sandy just told me he's covering Tyler Brown. <laughs> and uh, well, and, it, and very possible either him or oh. Fortune. And Fortune at the first of the year we were kind of concerned about, but he's going to be a Marcellus Dial type player. So, and he's coming into his own. Uh, you know, we had to play a couple of freshmen down there Saturday, and it showed up a little bit. But uh, we still made enough big-time plays to keep us close anyway till we could win the ball game. But uh, like you say, the, the, the defensive line played better. Now, I think 
here again, I'll attribute this to Clayton White. We're not going to rush but four. But we're not going to try to get pressure on you, Larry. But we're going to get our hands up in the throwing zones. And we're going to knock a lot of balls down. And that's what they did. Now, he threw some passes. He got some balls out. And a lot of what he threw was just short out stuff, short in stuff. It wasn't. He tried to go down the field, and they did have one that the kid should have caught that he just flat dropped. But most of the stuff that was downfield was just overthrows. And Jeter had a decent. I mean, Jeter's going to do what he does game in, game out anyway. So. All right, so 17-14 uh, win in this regard. Um, Gamecocks need one more win, guys, uh, yep. in order to go to a bowl game. I said and it was impossible. Comes, comes against the Clemson Tigers, who had a pretty doggone game plan against Drake May. Uh, matter of fact, limited him to his lowest total on the season so far as far as passing yards goes. Yep. 204, I think it was. But but the one thing in that one, uh, North Carolina's big-time receiver, Walker, what? Wasn't talking to him about two or three times. Well, I didn't expect I mean, him to play. I, I didn't. I didn't understand that uh, unless he was not a hundred percent. He wasn't. Like I said, going into so, the game, he wasn't going to play in the game. And then they, I guess, poor Matt Brown said, "This is the only chance we got is to get put that height in there to try to, you know, high point the ball and get touchdowns like that." Though, but, but then again, the Clemson defense, a lot like the uh, Carolina defense, showed up again. Yeah, Walker created was some turnovers. Yeah. Created some turnovers, and that was. I that was big for the offense because here again, what happens? Get to the red zone, one yard line. Shipley puts the ball on the carpet. Uh, and that's becoming a recurring theme. I mean, I know the Clemson it people is. don't like to hear it, but uh, in the real world, that's what happened. And, and then, of course, later on in the game, Clemson throws a pick. Uh, so it's good that the defense got the – turnovers that they got to help offset what you had. Yeah. By the way, Walker was targeted 12 times. He only caught four. Um, yeah. The reason we only noticed the four was because they were big time. They were big catches. Yeah. Uh, when it did happen. Um, Will Shipley, though, rushing the football 126 yards. Uh, probably it's his big, best yeah. night, I thought, uh, overall. Moffa had 84 to go along with that. Um, you know, and, and Tyler Davis, uh, not Tyler Davis, but uh, Tyler Kate, Brown. Uh, no, I'm, I'm thinking three things at one time. Yeah. Club Cape, uh, Club Nick, Cape, Club Nick, he ended up running the ball fairly effectively as well. He had 44 yards rushing, or well, 54 if you take out the, the yardage lost. Yeah. But uh, he decided to run the ball a little bit more, and I think that was a big factor in this game as well because the defense was focused on, one, we got to stop the running backs. Two, we can't allow him to throw the football. So you saw uh, a lot of blitzes coming. You also saw two or three guys shadowing, particularly Shipley, wherever he ended up going. So uh, for him to come up with 126 yards is big. Now, North Carolina did give up 178 uh, to O'Mary Hampton, who is just a beast. That guy, a, he's yeah. a stud. But, <laughs> and if he hadn't have fumbled that one, now it was a great <laughs> defensive play by the uh, by Clemson yep. uh, DB. I mean, I'll, and I'll give it to the Clemson DB for causing the fumble. Uh, luckily, it, it went to the left of the pylon, not to the right. Because if it had gone to the right, it'd still been North Carolina ball. Mm -hmm. It did cross the plane, so Clemson gets the ball. It's a turnover. And that's what you want from your defensive people, especially that, I mean, that, that would have put 
North Carolina up, if I remember right, fourteen nothing. Mm-hmm. And that uh, things turned around been a point. little bit different. Yeah, <laughs> because we took and drove the ball down, down. from yep. that point. Go along with it. You mentioned uh, Tyler Brown. Uh, you know, he targeted nine times, was six for 30 yards, or excuse me, six for 32 yards uh, on the day. Uh, Tyler Stiletto also added to that, targeted eight times. He caught six for 50 yards also uh, in that one. But it was Brennan Stuhl who, again, ended up stealing the show, coming up big in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Tom Carroll, B-Red, Christian's up there, Shine's up there. I'm going to say this. I've been waiting on Brennan Stuhl to have the game. It's going to be this dag blame week against my game, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> of all times that you're going to target Brendan Stuhl, man. Um, like I said, he, he's, he, he is the future of Clemson. I mean, I know that a lot of people don't like tight ends. I mean, I love them myself because they give you added rushing blockers and everything else. But you get a really good guy like Brendan Stuhl, and you got another kid that's coming in that, that's at Greenville, too, that, that also plays a little wide receiver and tight end. So, um, but this will be the game. I'm going in and calling it. This will be, be Brendan Stuhl's game. It'll have two or three touchdowns against us. I think we still win, but anyway. <laughs> But I just but, I want to see that kid get said, ten carry. I want him we, to get ten catches in a game. But we have said all year long that Garrett Riley, you need to draw up some plays, do whatever you do, but target this tight end more in the field of play. Don't wait till you get to the end zone where he's just six seven. And you can high point the ball and you just get the easy catches or whatnot. We want to see him get the ball coming out and see what he can do after the catch. His jaguars are going to be huge because he's just a big dude. Yeah, he's tall. I mean, anybody you match up against him, he's going to have the height <laughs> advantage. So, you know, let's try to put integrate him more into the offense. Now, I got a question for you, too. Why, where's Adam Randall been this year? He's been injured. For the most part. Because I'm going to tell year. you, the speed I saw Saturday, this is a kid, if you're Clay, K. Klubnick and you got Tyler on one side, Adam Randall on the other, you let him go and just throw it up there. This kid's from Myrtle Beach. He's a sophomore. Not sure which school, north or regular. But um, I was impressed with him, and he didn't you know, he didn't do a whole lot in the game. <laughs> but, I mean, he's got the talent to do it. He had two catches, 57 yards. He was only targeted three times. But this is a guy, I know you love Stiletto. This is another guy like Stiletto. Stiletto's tough. I mean, he he is. I mean, he took a beating. Well, I was going to say he got hit. I think, yeah. he, I think he went out one time. It looked like he was holding his shoulder to me. Oh, it was two or three times he ended you up know, going down. <clears throat> I mean, he's a tough kid. Yeah. I just like the speed that they got, and I think they said he runs like a some crazy number in the forty. But I like the our tight end. Yeah. yeah. And if you got a guy like that, man, and you're looking for offense, you start the game with it and just throw him one along and let him run under or let Brown go the other way. And then you got the kid from Dutch Ward. Mm-hmm. K. Clubby got to have yeah, 5,000 yards so. passing this year with the receivers that Clemson's got. But like I said, injuries have just hurt. Yeah, Williams did come back this week. He played on special teams. Um, looked good on special teams for the most part. But, but uh, is he going to be – Will he play this week? That, we don't know. We had to remember that Tyler Brown took his position. So now Williams has got to beat Tyler Brown out of it again, and, and that's I how it don't know be. if that's still, gonna happen. Still, if if you got to do yeah. one for the it's other, up, there's yeah. no drop yeah. off there. Yeah. That's what I say. I mean, it, he took the position. Now it's your job to get it back if you want your spot. <laughs> yeah. Come back and get it. Um, and then defensively, you just. Uh, Clemson was phenomenal defensively this time around. Wiggins with the big catch to end the game, uh, the interception, go f- for the pick six as well. Um, 
You know, I, I'm I'm looking forward to this matchup coming up Friday because throw records out the window. Mm-hmm. This this is this is a free for all. We're starting over zero zero. I think I want my record because I, I want to win this game and get bowled by. Because I I've said from day one that there's no chance this team will go to a bowl game. I have said about Carolina, there's no chance this team goes to a bowl game. And now that crow better be pretty clogged. I'm about to get the crow. B Red's going to get the coldest beer that he's ever had, and that barbecue sauce has got to be good. But we can possibly be Clemson and be bowl eligible. I would never thought it in a million years. All right. Here's some other big things going on at Clemson this week because Saturday was a good football game, but Sunday there was a lot of stuff that went <laughs> on. Um, uh, the Clemson women, they end up uh, outlasting Georgia. They end up tying the game, and in penalty kicks, they win the shootout on that one. So they advance to the Elite Eight. So congrats to the women's soccer team that is there. Uh, the men's soccer team, they shut out Charlotte. Now on to the third round they go. They keep winning uh, in that regard. And then uh, the Tiger ladies basketball. Basketball team, they hit 100 points for the first time since 2009 after they gave up 100 points the week prior to that. You know who she credited, don't you? <laughs> Dawn. Did she credit Dawn Stanley? She said, they didn't try. Like I told you, she said, we didn't try to score 100. She said, we got it about 97, 98. And she said, they had four consecutive turnovers that were fast break. So. <laughs> all right. Well, how did uh, Chris's chaos turn out this uh, time? Around? You know, all in all, it wasn't bad. I mean, I did go against the number three team in the country. I took Maryland. I was a loss. I did take the Tigers. That was a win. I did take Kansas State over Kansas. That was also a win. Uh, but the games that I did lose, I, of course, I took. I went against Noah Fifth for the first time this year with Utah, and they beat Utah beat Arizona at Arizona, which I lost that game too. So. Like it all in all, it wasn't a bad, bad week like it's been. Um, and then I took DGA over Washington. So those two and two is not bad, buddy. I'll it's take pretty it. Pretty good. Yeah. I'll take it. Oh, and by well. the way, Dion, you still owe me that receipt. I'm waiting. I want it right here on this table uh, because what he promised is not going to happen. They will not go to a bowl this year. Maybe next year. But to lose that game to a Washington State team that's not very good, that's the state of affairs. And now and the when way you, they lost. And now's yeah. when you start seeing the exit that you saw coming in because you got players now that realize that's not the way to go. It's all about his boys. As a matter of fact, one running back's already in the portal. He says, I, I know it's going to be Shador and, and Shiloh that are going to get the majority of the plays for them. He's already jumped into the portal, and you're going to see more of that. I, that was a tough hit Shiloh. I mean, uh, Shador took they took him out of the game Friday night. But all in all, I mean, it's where I thought it would be. The, the three games they started with, those teams are finally starting to play again. I'd like to see them play TCU again. Be fun to see. All right, who earned right. their money? Tonka, well, Tonka. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll give it to Tonka. Yeah, he, he earned his money. I think Rattler earned his by coming back. And when they needed a score, him and Leggett got on the same page and went and got the score to win the ball game. Um, as far as Clemson goes, you know, Klubnik, he's just – he's still – the same clubnik that we've seen all year. I mean, at 200 and something yards, he's going to have the pick. But, you know, he's got some receivers. He's just got to get the ball to them, and they've got to hold on to it when they get them. Uh, the Clemson defense has played a lot better in November. The Carolina offensive line, at least we're playing the same five now. Uh, a lot like Clemson. Clemson now, I think they've kind of figured out their guard situation, which has made them a better defense, offensive team. Uh, Shipley still got to hold on to the ball in the red zone. I don't know. Two what touchdowns. He earned his money. That's two touchdowns over uh, 170 he, yards. That's, he gets his money. I, I give him money before I give a Gamecock theirs, and I'm talking about Spencer. 
I mean, we won the game, but I would rather have 16 for 36 for 209. Because I can go right back here. Rattlers weren't that great. His wasn't really that good. He had the touchdown pass, but had two I, of them. I, well, I, and, and like I said, you're always. I, I'm just. I'm. I'm not the guy that just gives Spencer all his. I'll be glad when he's gone, and then people can probably say you're gonna hate that. But I mean, like I said, you gotta give Shipley the. I mean, I know he's had fumble troubles, but that 178 against the North Carolina defense has been pretty good all year. Yeah. Uh, and but to me, it's defense for y'all. Yeah. Right, what you think? MVP of the Clemson North Carolina game defense. Yeah, because, I mean, yeah. you, you shut a guy like Drake May down and then – Well, and then you get the pick six. So yeah. you got to give it to the defense because they created a turnover. So two things are going to happen. Marine School is going to score three touchdowns and the kicker is going to hit five against me this week to beat my game cards. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll come up with four or five more. That'll be my chaos. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think, the Clemson, I don't think <laughs> we got to worry about the Clemson kicker. I ain't I don't saying nothing. I think Dabo's going to put him out there five I times. Ain't, I ain't going to say that, man. <laughs> That's going to be chaos this week. Come up with the five plays that beat you. Yeah. That'll yeah. be even better. Yeah, yeah. That, well, we'll do that Wednesday. Okay. We'll find out. Get that ready. We'll do that. Um, as it is going to be rivalry week, we got rivalries all, all over the nation. Over it's going to yep. be fun to watch yep. uh, as it comes and unfolds. Oh, and the biggest <laughs> clubs and probably, probably the biggest game in the state Saturday will be James Madison at Coastal on the teal field with James Madison coming off of their first loss of the year. At Do they even travel? Why even travel? They, they've grabbed all year long about the fact that they, they won that last spot that whoever didn't get the bowl eligible, they won their spot, many in Carolina. Uh-huh. Did they even come now? They've lost that game. Stay home, man. <laughs> you got nothing to play for now. The one hope you thought you had's over with. Should be a great game this day. It really should, it should be a great be. game. All right, that's going to do it. Another one in the books here on Rivalry Week. I'll hate your Gamecocks. You can hate my Tigers, and uh, we'll meet in the middle Listen, somewhere. Ain't no hate for week. nobody but Gray. So. <laughs> <laughs> I said what I said. want to thank Howard Corley and the great staff here at Howard's on Main. Come by, uh, see these guys. Got happy hours going on as of right now. Got great lunch specials, live entertainment Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. Uh, best spot you can find entertainment right here is at Howard's on Main. I'm Tom Carroll. It's Chris Cox, Stan Spivey, the coach. We are the Lakeland Sports Guys. Have a great week.